thank you for coming back. To Astoria, back to Astoria. Yeah. yeah. Was it a trek this time? It took me uh, three train transfers Ugh. and an hour and a half. What? But uh, I was like mentally prepared for it, and so I was like real chill about it. Good. I thought yeah. you were going to say three hours. No, fuck that. And I was like, wow. I'd be way less chill wow. upon arrival if yeah. that was the case. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm glad that we can make this happen earlier. Me too. I like the earlier times, but I'm also down for a late combo. Yeah, sometimes if it gets too late, I get weird. But I'm also like always like a little weird, but the Same. later I get, the Same. weirder I get. I might take these headphones You can take off them off. Just like exist in the So yeah. I, I just like to keep them on because the more time I spend like with the equipment, the better I know it. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, I do take them off for like, one time we had an uh, an audio, we recorded an audio play in mm. here. And with with certain scenes, the actors would take them off to f- be more connected. Yeah. But it's funny because in post, you're like, you can tell the scenes where people were wearing headsets and when people weren't. Oh, God, should I put them back on? No, <laughs> you should not. You want me to take them off? No, it's t- we, you can have them on. I can have them off. I also, I, I wear hearing aids. So it's like always a thing for me. Don't get me wrong. I, I love hearing my own voice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm that kind of artist. Um <laughs> But but sometimes it can be distracting. You like hearing your own voice literally, or you like hearing your own voice through what you through the work you you create. Both, mm. both. I uh, I'm, I'm a writer, but within that label, there's also lots of other little things. And if I could be as specific as possible about the exact type of artistry that I want to put into the world and that I love putting into the world the most. Uh, that would be audio storytelling. So literally, <clears throat> my own voice. Wow. Well, before we get too into this, yeah. Thank you, everyone who's listening. Welcome back. Mm. This is another very special guest for another very special week. Uh, this this is looking for artists, and for me, so far, not that anyone asks asked. It's been very helpful for me as like a weekly check in, and I like I find myself sitting across from people like you every week and there's always a moment what regardless of how much I've been looking forward to it where I'm just like wow I'm very fortunate and I'm like learning something there's something uniquely and and genuinely interesting and exciting about the person sitting across from me and when you were here last which was for uh, the podcast spoiler yes yes I was there that night that was a fun night when you were here last we had a great combo and I could tell that there was like something exciting in you. So let's unpack that. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. I mean, I love the space. I love you guys. Yeah. I love the concept of the show. Thanks. I was able to listen to a couple of them leading up to it. And I love exactly what you're saying, how it's this like check-in for you because I always think that like artists being around other artists, regardless of the medium, it's always inspiring. Always inspiring. Yeah. So then, yeah, regardless of the medium, this show is like an attempt to also say, regardless of the location. Mm. Like this is something that everyone can access. Most people can access. Yes. You know, not yeah. people living in huts. No. Or maybe under, them too though, you know? Maybe them too. Yeah. Just gotta get a little you gotta find mechanism a piece of out metal there. Yeah, a piece of metal with some wait beer for stuff. A lightning storm. And they got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Uh, what do you do? What do I do? Wait, what? who are you and Ugh. what do you do? This is, uh, we just got way too into this. Okay. Yeah. So this is Looking for Artists. Today we have? Sarah Klegman. 
I am a writer currently living in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, writing is the, the thing that I do the most, um, but I'm also a performer, a storyteller, a host. Um, performer you know. in what way? Uh, I do live storytelling shows, sort of like The Moth or sort of like weird bars in your neighborhood that randomly have shows mm -hmm. in them. Um, I also perform at uh, festivals around the world and do stories about everything from the time I, you know, getting hearing aids when I was 27 to talking about women's health, um, sort of like my theme as an artist that I've discovered in the last few years is this idea of um, de-shaming everything. So mm. I talk about a lot of stuff that sort of initially people might not feel super inclined to, to share about themselves, um, but I sort of believe and talking about all the things, so. Yeah, yeah. so okay, that kind of answers the question that I had, mm. which was like, as performers and as creatives, I think we all say that we like telling stories. Yes. But when you're a writer, there's like an extra level of sometimes spoken or unspoken, in your case, written or unwritten intent of like, I'm, I tell stories, you mm. know? Mm -hmm. Like, it's kind of just in the title of being a writer. But yeah. like for you, why do you tell stories? And you kind of just answered that, but like what, um, I guess when was that born or when did you set the intent of like de-shaming de in your work? Is that, that's definitely not my fault. I don't think that. I don't use tones like, oh uh, I don't oh. use tones. That might've been, but it's on, oh God. But that's because I'm. really embarrassing. I'm no, so it's sorry. not. Okay, I I'll miss just go. all You know what, emails. I'll just leave. It's fine. Thank you. <laughs> Outro music. Yeah. I don't answer any of my emails or texts and I get, a lot of texts saying, like, I called you eight times. It's because I don't use tones. you don't use See, that's nice. I shouldn't. I usually don't. I don't know why I had it on. Um, well, it's all right. The question you asked. Yeah. So when I say writer-performer, it started with a performer part. Okay. Um, my my origin story. Yeah, where are you from? As an artist, so to speak, and also that. Or as a person. As a human. As both. They both. intertwine. Um, well, I was born in Maine, uh, but I moved away when I was a little bit, little bitty baby, mm. um, to Michigan with my family, uh, where I lived, uh, until I was 16. And then I went to school in Chicago. Well, nope, back it up. Uh, I was really into acting and performing, mm. um, growing up. Um, like which of the M's was this Maine or Michigan? Michigan. Okay. And real into it uh, since I could make words. And my mom put me into a tap dance class when I was probably six. And it was, really, I'm trying not to do like material at you because I do this, like I tell this story on stage sometimes. Well, I'll tell like a little bit could. of the version of it. Yeah, do it. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm seven years old and I'm dressed as a, 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 a fireman, but like a sparkly fireman because <laughs> it's a tap recital. <laughs> and we'd been practicing for what felt like months. God knows how long it was in my little kid brain. And the day of the show finally comes and our parents are all there and they have like, you know, their big uh, video cameras and like fanny packs full of fruit snacks. Yes, yes. And we're all like very excited on stage. And the theme was like people in your neighborhood. So it's like teachers and policemen and me like a sparkly fireman. <laughs> and we get out and we start dancing. Um, and, uh, we're dancing to the left and we're dancing to the right and we go into a little circle and I'm center stage and all of a sudden I slip on my tap shoes and I fall flat on my butt, dead center stage. And everyone in the audience starts laughing. Um, 
And there's this moment, and there's also a video of this, and there's this moment where I'm sitting on stage kind of processing what's happening, and then you see like an eyebrow raise, and I slowly stand up, mm -hmm. and I scan the <laughs> audience, and then I take a breath, and I do a dramatic pratfall. Like I take a big fake fall. And then really? the audience starts laughing even louder. And then so I proceed to get up as quickly as I can and just keep taking pratfall after pratfall after pratfall because the audience is laughing. <laughs> and my whole class behind me is like trying to grab my hand and like pull me back into the circle. And by the time the number is over, we're all supposed to like exit stage left. But instead of exiting stage left, I start, you know, like marching towards center stage, like towards the audience. And my dance teacher runs out and <laughs> grabs me and pulls me back. And is like, N you go, you know, off stage. Um, so in that moment, it was this realization that, you know, a little bruise on my butt is a small price to pay for connecting with people and making them laugh. And the thing that made them laugh was me just being human. Like everyone, mm. I don't think obviously when I was uh, this young, I was like, everyone is human. You know, I was just like, right. huh. But that was really the first thing um, that and having an older sister that was like really dramatic and constantly sort of needing to be the the comedic relief for the family or being the observer and then trying to be the mirror of the situation to make people take things a little less seriously. Mm -hmm. So hmm. that moment sparked this lifetime of me loving the stage, loving connecting with people in real life, um, and also this sense of shamelessness, um, which thank God, uh, because the older you get, the more shit breaks in your body, both emotionally and physically and a lot of the work that I do is talking about those things um and sort of self-acceptance which really is just you know a, a very personal dis journey you know disguised as a very public one with my life as an artist of being like here are all the things about me that make me uncomfortable or that make me worry if someone finds out this or that are there going to be extra judgments attached to it and the more that I talk about those types of things the more that I find people immediately opening up and being like, oh, I have that weird thing too. Or like, oh, I know someone that has that weird thing too. Or like, oh, that's really similar to this, this other journey that I went on and they immediately feel like disarmed. So falling mm. my ass when I was five um, <laughs> really set the stage for that. And then the storytelling part of it, um, I've always been a writer. And um, my, my first year of, of school, um, I got a full ride to this really great performance um, college in Michigan. And after my first semester, I was like, I don't want to do this for college. Um, I love it and it's great, but I don't want to just study this. I actually took a film class and I watched the opening scene of Boogie Nights. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I need to go to film school. Oh. Um, so I went to film school in Chicago. And from there, I started producing a lot of stuff, mostly comedy stuff. But I find I have this neat balance of like business brain and artist brain. Mm -hmm. So that worked well as a producer, but ultimately... Uh, it led me to uh, a, a career as a talent manager and producer in the comedy space. Um, so I helped, I spent a lot of time helping other people tell their stories and pulling that out of other people and creating environments conducive, conducive to vulnerability and learning how to give feedback and observing the sort of artist journey to finding their voice. Um, but when I was a manager, I wasn't able to be an artist also. Um, so huh, yeah. that was sort of this like weird window of time where I swallowed that part of myself, um, until about 2012. Um, and then I had a, an adorable little emotional breakdown. I was like, you need to be an artist. That's the thing you got to be doing. Um, so that's, uh, part of the story at least. Well, 2012, the breakdown. That was the breakdown. W so then where did you turn? Therapy when you had is dope. That 
Yeah. No, to be to be an artist. Like you oh, were like, yeah. oh, so what did what was your outlet? Well, so um, I had a few friends at the time that were uh, comedians, but not clients of mine. And with them, um, they really encouraged me to like find my own find my own voice. And we would do like musical improv in their living room. We get like super high and just like get out all the instruments. I also discovered I play harmonica, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was just being around sort of other artists a little bit. But but really, the outlet the outlet didn't come. Or re- me really discovering my voice and being able to say like I am a writer, I am an artist, I am a storyteller. That yeah. didn't happen. And for a couple of years later, because what happened when I had my little, not so little breakdown and left management, I took what I thought was, I was like, just take like a random fucking like office manager job, like fuck the high pay. You don't need that shit. You got to like take care of you and figure out what you want. So I took a job that I thought was like a random office manager job that turned out to be the beginning of like a five year career in the tech space as a creative marketing executive, which basically is just a fancy way of saying I worked out of a beach house in Venice, smoking a bunch of weed and making weird, cool stuff for the internet. What? It was fucking dope. Um, and the people that I worked with were hyphenates. They were, yes, they were like tech executives, but they were also music producers. They were also writers or performers. So they encouraged that artistic side of me, which is like, I keep coming back to this thing. I think I've already come back to it like three times about how being in community or being surrounded by other artists is like the thing that will break you open, I feel like. And that's what happened um, Mm. for me. So the first thing that actually happened is me being like, I'm going to start doing artist stuff for myself as opposed to writing for other people like I was doing as a creative marketing exec was I started performing in live storytelling shows around Los Angeles. That was like a 10-minute answer to like a very short, awesome. direct question. But yeah. Yeah. There's a lot There's a lot to unpack there. Mm. I want to go back to your slipping and falling moment, honestly. Yeah. Because I went to school for classical singing for two years. Like I was, I was learning and training to sing over an, a symphony orchestra. And wow. after two years, I was like, I had that moment when you were like, I need to go to film school. I was yeah. like, I need to study acting. This is not <laughs> this is not for me. And I love music, but the more that I studied it, the more I fell out of love with like just the the energy of it mm. and and the life of it in me. Mm. And so I listened and I left. I studied acting and one of the most uh, the more impressionable teachers I had, not acting, but in the theater within the theater course courses there. I think it was um, Shakespeare, but more of a historical approach than it was like a more literal and historical than it was acting. Mm. Um, really brilliant guy. His name's Mark Ringer. And he said, you know, he would just get like, he would just go on these 30 minute tangents because Shakespeare just like got him so horny Mm -hmm. that he would just be like and the thing about this is like and we were all just like okay this is it's cool for you it's cool for us um and he was saying like you're only so good in that you're willing to be bad like you can only live in so far that you're you're willing to die like Mm -hmm. on stage and the moments that you're on stage and you feel like you have an actor's soul it's because they're giving it to you and all of that and I think, like, when, when you had that revelation as a kid, when you hit your butt, it and you may or may not have been able to articulate it, but I think it's something along the lines of, like, you know, we're all imperfect and we're, we all, like, make mistakes. We all fall when we're supposed to be dancing or 
finger quotes, supposed to be dancing. And like, that's life. And like what it is to be human and a part of this world is like to not, Every not everything's perfect. Like it I've just been, like, literally aggressively can't be. nodding over here for those people. Yeah, right. It's like <laughs> yeah, we want to yeah. add some visuals so yeah, that people can see the nods. Nodding. Yeah, that's why I try to add in the strategic like. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Oh, oh. But I don't yes. want to like drown you in that because oh, no, it's like what needed. you're saying is enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but so they don't forget there's multiple humans. Yeah. No, I. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, pretty much everything you just said is like the reason I do. You gotta art. fall to stand up. Yeah, and it's this it's this struggle. I feel like as People who create things, I don't know about you, but it's this like, you know, you want to show finished product, but like for me, a lot of the product or art that I'm putting into the world is about like the journey and the process of like self-discovery and self-acceptance. And it is like constantly changing. And the thing that's like scary to some people about writing and like the written word is like the permanence of it. This like thing like, okay, well, when I put this statement out there, I put the story out there, it's out there forever. And this is what it is. And it's this like, especially as you, people are facing their own inner struggles and imperfections, that's like a really scary thing to put out there because you want to be able to be like, I'm perfect now. I knew all these awful things about myself, but now I'm great. You know, and like waiting to talk about it until everything's okay is mm-hmm. something that I've been trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so exactly what you're saying, this idea of like imperfections and a willingness to show those, I think that's a lot of what art is but yeah and it's almost like art it, it transforms those imperfections into it, this sounds so fucking cheesy but it, i mean it like opportunities to grow oh I'll, do you want me to like level up the cheese yeah it's have you heard about kintsugi no oh my god okay is this it's, japanese yes it's this ancient japanese art form and you probably have seen it once i describe it you'd be like oh it's it's this um this art form where they'll take uh, pieces of pottery and either they will have broken or they break them into a bunch of pieces. And then they glue them back together with this special gold adhesive. And instead of hiding the cracks and the flaws, they highlight them. And so it creates these like beautiful, one-of-a-kind gold patterns. What the fuck? It's like the, it's like the metaphor for like what I want all oh of my, my art to be. Oh my gosh, that's what I want my life to be. Right? Yeah. And that's, that's the reality. I mean, there's also, you know, in a, a more modern, you know, less heady version of it is if you, in the body positive movement online, there's a lot of these Instagram accounts that will take pictures of naked women and, and, and fill in their stretch marks with glitter. Like that sort of, that sort of similar idea. But I, I love... Some people like stretch marks, though. Exactly. Well, that's the idea. Is it, is it, like, it's oh, it's meant to like highlight the them oh, and be like, they're not beautiful. Oh, hide them and highlight. Exactly. Highlight love them. it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Your face did drop when I said that, which is props to you. You were like, but... Sometimes, I was like, but... Sometimes stretch marks. Oh, good. Fine, yeah, I was great. like, okay. Yeah, all the time, actually. Yeah. That's... That... The Japanese, oh, uh, yeah. they continue to not impress me, but mm. like really motivate and inspire me. There's just so many different ways of thinking. So many different to. ways of thinking and like their connection, specifically what I find interesting about their culture in art and martial arts is they really value their connection to the ground, like the yeah. actual physical ground. Mm. So I've been trying to spend more time with my shoes off. Okay. Yeah. I get that. I took a Suzuki workshop, which was... Um, movement Japanese mo- uh, way of moving yeah I'm not familiar with it yeah there are all these sequences and like different walks that you practice and I did it it's not supposed to be an acting um, it's not like specifically a tool for acting 
but I met these people that studied directly under Suzuki himself, and then they kind of like repackaged it for actors, and they saw like such a direct connection. And it's all about drawing power from the ground. So they would, they taught us all these techniques. It's really cool where he would stand up, he would have someone come up and just like hold the wall, you know, at an arm's length and be like, no matter what, like with all of your strength, uh, don't let me take your arm off the wall. And he would just, with one hand, like maybe even a couple fingers, just like push strong, you know, people. People mm. think thespians, and they don't think like necessarily the, the strongest breed. Right. Yeah, but there were so, there's some of us. Yeah. I did it. He yeah. pushed my arm off, no problem. And and then he, we did the technique, which was like a lot of it is subjective, but a lot of like where you start from is pretty baseline and it's very clear, which is the ground. And so he he said, imagine this light that's coming up from the ground into the ball of your foot, up through your legs, and through your arm, like through your spine, and then through your arm into the wall. And then when it hits the wall, it just spreads out, and the particles just become the wall. Mm. And when I did that, he put all of his body weight on my arm and was like, like, you know, like budging it. And, it, and, I, and, and you're I like, was that's like, what's up. I'm a wizard solid. now. Bye. Yeah. yeah. And I use that to carry <laughs> grocery bags. I use that in jujitsu. I use that in my longboarding. I use it in surfing. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. Literally. It's literally powerful. The Japanese are crazy. So this is kon- Konsagi? Kintsugi. Kintsugi. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. I'm going to look it. up pictures of it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, okay, so... When you, you, you pretty like strongly and clearly identify as a writer. Yeah. When did that happen? It's hard though. Like it's strong. It's funny. It's, it's so funny. You said it. You pretty strongly and clearly identified as a writer. Cause in the, in the, you know, 10 hour ride over here, I, um, <laughs> I was thinking about how we would, how I would answer that question. Um, or do you? Yeah. I mean, I, I like calling myself an artist because I don't like the limitations of it. Mm-hmm. I The thing that I do the most right now is make words. Um, I uh, Literally what pays the bills, I'm really fortunate in that right now I have a few different writing clients that I just get to create all different types of words for. One is a Jewish woman's wellness organization. Another one is a finance tech company out of San Francisco. Another one is this other, you know, more journalistic kind of thing. I'm making podcasts. I do all different types of things for money and for art. Um, but the majority of them, when it boils down to it, I'm making words. So that's why I pretty clearly identified as an art, as a writer. But that yeah. said, my ideal method of artistry and, and engaging with people is this live storytelling or or at least right now the thing that I'm thinking that I would love to spend more time doing the other thing that I will say is I reserve my, the right to change my mind and maybe in a couple of years I'll be like yes I'm a writer but now I'm focusing on my performance stuff you know want to maybe I want to You're sp- an artist. Yeah. I just want to connect with humans and tell stories and make yeah. people feel better about their lives. Well what I what I appreciate in people like you and artists like you um is that you are aware of the game and and you're not afraid to like play it, but you're not like a play necessarily a player of the game. When we're talking the game, we mean the game of artistry. Or the, the game, game like of the like putting <laughs> <laughs> the game of like putting bullets of like I am this, this, and this. Like I go to your Instagram, and it's pretty clear of like what you do, and mm-hmm. I and that answer that you gave is like very succinct and very it like 
when you explained it, it made sense. And oh, it's like, good. instead of being that artist <laughs> who's like, well, like boxes um, have four corners. Yeah, no. And it's like, <laughs> oh my God, okay. <laughs> well, that's the thing that I think I learned is like to talk, like to speak both languages, like the language of the like woo-woo artist and the language of just like the human that also like, I do believe every human has an artist on the inside. Uh, but there's also some humans that are sort of less artistically, creatively minded and inclined that appreciate and gain benefit from all types of art just the same. Um, hmm. Being able to speak to both of those. Uh, but yeah, it's um, depending on the, the the room that I'm in or the world that I'm in, different parts of what I do will get elevated. Yeah. Um, Isn't that true of like every aspect of your life? Like yeah. even completely apart from artists, it's so funny how my status, if you will, my position, even the, the way that people perceive me, my perceivability changes based on what room I'm in. Mm, totally. It also, for me, it changes too. Like me as like a professional artist, like the person on the phone to like my tech client. And well, my tech mm. client in San Francisco knows me like a hundred. Uh, you know what? Actually, I, I, in the last a year or so I've done a good job of breaking down the barriers between my professional self and my artist self and I've been showing up to everything pretty much as like hi this is my artist self and there's a little bit of all these other sprinklings in it um but this is like fully me which means like not censoring what I'm gonna say even if it might be in like a business meeting uh really? because you yeah you have you me in this room you think that's healthy yes I Love that, and I aspire to that, and I like every day I challenge myself to do that a little more and more, whatever mm. that means. Yeah. But like, okay, so why do you think it's healthy? Uh, because I think for me, I've also been very fortunate in that the professional, more worky environments that I'm in value that side of me and appreciate that about me and is part of the reason they hired me. Hmm. So like it's... People are damaged and imperfect um, and longing for connection and love and laughter. And they're also insecure and they're also searching and they're also constantly wanting to improve. And if there's something that pops into my brain that is a joke about something and I'm like, okay, will this, you know, being quickly, even if this is a professional moment, will this be able to make someone laugh, maybe not distract them too much. Like it's, it's been a, a, a trial and error, but mostly it's gone well when I've been testing the limits of this. Mm. But what that means is that's, you know, if we, we use Slack, which is like a messaging platform for those of you who don't know, oh, Slack I is might like, awesome. it's the best, super helpful. I might like say something kind of funny, but like not super distracting or like one of the assignments that I got as I was making, um, uh, making a bunch of ads for this company. And we wanted to do some memes. And I was like, cool, I'm going to go full weird on these. You can tell me which ones you want to use and which ones you don't. But I'm just going to give you full 100% weird on these. And you're going to get like 30 of them. Um, and some of them were like not appropriate enough to use for, <laughs> for the business at all. And we used one of those anyways and got some bad feedback. But everyone was still okay with it because it was like hilarious. So it, I've been rewarded for doing it. But I just have to gut, gut check my motivation and gut check like the value it'll be adding and being like, okay, am I doing this to like get attention? If so, that's stupid. Shut your mouth, Sarah. Or am I doing this because I think it'll provide a little bit of levity to the situation? Do I think it might, you know, disarm someone who's feeling a little bit self-conscious or frustrated or angry or taking something too seriously? For me, 
the art that I put into the world, I want it to, everything that I create, I, I, I want it to, one, entertain you. Um, uh, two, I want you to learn something. Um, and I want it to make you think about something in, in your own life. And that I feel like is a through line for most everything I do from like the smallest joke in a Slack channel to, you know, the book that I wrote or the solo show that I'm developing, they are expressed in different degrees. But for the most part, it's one of those three motivations. Um, so if someone doesn't accept me for that or if I, you know what it is? I spent too long being in a world where I couldn't do that to, to do that again. Um, and I've found that luckily I've, I've been rewarded for it. Mostly, probably because for the most part, I'm, I'm not like a full-on asshole. Like, I can be a dick. Um, but for the most part, the intentions are good. Um, and that's all I can really hope for. Well, I feel like, yeah, that's just beautifully put. I actually don't even want to add to that. I just kind of want to aggressively nod and say that I am aggressively nodding. He is. In my heart. Yeah. And <laughs> rock, like everything that Rock Rising is aiming to be about and what we're constantly like developing is that. So I really, really appreciate that. I mean, I, I, I feel like not even just the city, but like in the world, people are searching for connection mm. and it's, you know, imperfections, whatever you want to call it, opportunities for growth. Like people want to grow. And I think there are a lot of people that know how to grow, but it scares them or they can't find the community that, will keep them accountable or they don't like there's this is even more tragic like there are people out there that feel like they have areas to grow in but don't know how to do it you yeah. know like it's like and um you know after I after I graduated 4 years of studying acting um <clears throat> I realized that I graduated with this incredible tool of like the, the tool of act, like I can act, like I know how to do that. Yeah. But what they didn't prepare me for was like the business side of it. That's uh, okay. But yeah. then it, so then it, it, that was like kind of a fast track into my, into my, your 2012 breakdown mode where mm. I was like, okay, what in the hell am I doing with my life? Yeah. And it, because that question was up in the air, then what I was doing as an artist to me, I was constantly questioning the validity and the like, what, like, who am, who is, am I connecting with anyone? Like, what, what am I doing this for? What and do like, I want to say? What's my Yeah. And then I yeah. looked around at the people around me and I was like, we're all like all the experiences that we're talking about and drawing from are just experiences that we had on the show before this one and the show before that. And it's like, what am I doing? Mm. And then like, this is what I'm like, as soon as this show's done, like I just like, go on weird autopilot audition mode until I find the next thing. And then I find myself with people like, it's not that the people are shitty. It's just that the, the, what we're talking about and the experience that we keep, you know, the well of experiences that we keep drawing from, it just becomes this insular bubble. Someone asked me the yeah. other day if I do anything to get more like creative inputs yeah. in my life. Yeah. Like a lot of storytellers will get asked like, well, gosh, like, are you just, does just weird stuff happen to you? Like, where do you get these stories? Like, what, you know? And I definitely, I mean, my whole move, I moved to New York about nine months ago and a big, from Los Angeles. And a big reason for that move was 
um, to make myself uncomfortable and to push myself and to mission entirely too accomplished, I will probably be <laughs> moving back to California. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I do know. I need to commit to it. I'm moving back to Los Angeles. But I, I damn. But you know what though? Like I've learned so much here. It, it helped me do exactly what I wanted it to do. Which it's is just like, not your. It's just not like yeah. I just know it's not the place that I want to live. It's yeah. not the place that I can create the easiest. Things are really difficult for me here, and I get like give it time, yada yada. But like I get it. Um, I'll come back and visit. Like it's cool, but like. I just know that I can make yeah. more things and do more good for the world in Los Angeles. Sure. For me. But that Got said, it. that was a pretty big like thing to do for creative input. Like other things to do for creative input, like say yes to go on the date that I'm like not super sure about. Or like go on, you know, say yes to going on this like trip that like I wouldn't usually go on. Or say yes to performing in this thing that's outside my comfort zone. Really like just saying yes to things. Um, but it does require being proactive to get those additional inputs. Like what you're talking about, how like as an actor, things to draw on, it seemed like you were sort of talking about like different life experiences to gain besides just the sort of actor artist hustle to inform the work that you do. Unless that's exactly what I was talking about. I had a guest on uh, the show and I was like, it was sometime back and I was just asking them, you know, what experiences that do they pursue that aren't directly related to their craft that mm. inform their craft? Mm. And they thought about it and just kind of looked up in the air and then looked back at me and said, well, it's funny, you know, because like, you know, it just like at the end of the day, it just loops back to what I do. And I'm like, well, to me, like that may work for you yeah, for what you're doing. But yeah. to me, like, that is what drove me insane. And that's what like, that's what kind of muddied my voice. Like I couldn't hear my voice anymore because I was just drawing from, if all you do is copy play basketball, yeah. like you're just basketball. Right. And what we are as artists is not just basketball. Right. I'm not basketball at all. It's literally every pro, <laughs> yeah, right? But it's like, it, but it could be. Yeah. It could be that. No, I'm very You might have to be a basketball player if your story is like, Telling that, oh, that you know so what I mean, like as a performer. Yeah, sure, yeah, of course. Yeah, just we just we go time. we go everywhere. Yeah, basketball players they don't. Yes. they go to the same place and they operate within the same the same court. You know, the game's always different, but yeah. the game's the same. Our game is like one day for one show. You know, want, yeah. you you're writing this one day, you're writing this another. Totally different. We have stuff. to go. It's totally different. We have and to go. And you do everywhere. draw on like it's not like you know even if look life is life, which means even if you don't try to seek out these other experiences, someone is gonna break up with you. Someone's going to die. A natural disaster is going to happen. Part of your body is going to break and betray you. Like that's life, and that's there's lightness and darkness and darkness and light. That's the thing, right? But so those are also just inputs. Um, those experiences. But if all you're having is that experience and then the work, I don't know, I that I don't think is enough to sustain me either. Like I have to have these other weird, yeah, you know, seemingly random, confusing, uncomfortable situations. Yeah, well, to me, it's like th those could be inputs, those things that you were talking about, these life circumstances, they could be inputs. Mm. But I think if all you have to draw from are these experiences from the same well, it then you're that that input that that's literally the audio jack is not you're not making the connection you're not plugging it in 
to the mainframe, if you will. Mm. So the sound, it may be there. Something there may be a, a dude shredding on guitar. Yeah. But he's not plugged in because you're perceiving it through just the same thing, which is, oh, this show that I did, that reminds me of this show instead of that reminds me of something in life that I do that has nothing to do with, you know, theater or whatever. But like that's so real. Wow. That now I can oh, and that's like that's like the character I'm playing and like what they that's what they mean when they say that. I had um like that's our job, you know, yeah. to me. No, I I just spoke with this, um, or I just interviewed this um singer, songwriter named Tali, and she was talking about her journey. It's a great name. How do you spell that? T A A L I. Wow. She's fucking dope. Look her up. She's so good. Her well, song Hear Me Now cool. is my favorite. Um she was talking about her her journey and she was like, yeah, like I always had a good voice and I could always sing, but I couldn't always sing. Like she would sing something and you would hear the recording and be like, oh, that sounds good. But there wasn't like that, the, the raw emotion behind it, the feeling behind it, the life behind it. And she talked about how like in order for her to get to that place, she needed to go through all these things, get all of these different creative inputs, both ones that are just organically occurring in her life and ones that she's seeking out. Um... But that is, I don't know, that's so interesting. It just makes me, well, it's like sort of a tangent. I'm like thinking about all like the online creators that do so much in their own little bubble. But I guess whatever your life experience is, there's an audience out there that shares it. Yeah, um, and that's that. That's like, but to me, like that can be a false sense of a, like approval or like confirmation. It's like, yeah, there are a lot of influencers out there that are preaching a lifestyle that they don't live. They just right. know how to present. That's my biggest, my biggest fear. My biggest, so like, okay, so I have a tattoo. Yes. Um, on my arm right here. That's four of the Hebrew letter shin, which makes like the S or like the sh sound. And has three prongs. And uh, there's like a buttload of symbolism. But like my favorite symbolism about it is that each of the three prongs represent having what you think, what you say, and what you do in alignment. It's almost like I got this on my arm because it reminds me of so many things. But that's like the main message. And that to me is like one of the biggest artist struggles. It's like, okay, am I living the life that I'm, that I'm trying to live? Are, are my actions and my words and my thoughts aligned? Yeah. And that like level of honesty, whether it's like on social media or in the art that I'm putting out, it's like I, I um, right before I moved out here, I befriended a pastor, and I'm like real Jewy for those of you who don't aren't super familiar with me, which I'm sure not. I have like calibrate company. About this. I have, yes. Oh yeah, yes. I got all these like so Jewy, which is like a <laughs> whole other artist struggle of me. Like where do I, where does my Jewish identity fit into the work that I do? But I befriended this pastor. You triggered a lot of stuff in me that last talk we had, by the yeah? way. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I want to open that one. The ball is rolling. Yes. But I want to talk. <laughs> I want you to hear about this pastor. Well, this pastor said something to me. He 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 asked. We were. Uh, he ended up coming to a storytelling show that I did one night that I was hosting. And it just so happened that every story that everyone told that night had something to do with death and dying and God. And he had just stumbled into the into the theater. And he came up to me after and he's like, I'm just visiting. I'm from this like small town. I'm this pastor. Like, is this what this show is always? I was like, actually, no, like you came in at a really weird time. And he's like, oh my gosh, like, is this what the artist struggle is in Los Angeles? Are all of you, you know, debating life and love and God? I'm like, isn't everyone? Like, yes, but like, right. sure, in Los Angeles at this moment, yeah. 
And so we, we started emailing and he was inspired and we just struck up this weird friendship. And right before I moved to New York, we talked on the phone and he's like, can I give you a blessing? Or no, could I, no, 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 he didn't say that. He goes, can I pray for you? And I thought, not really having many people ever said that to me, I thought that he was, he meant like, tomorrow I'm going to go to my services and like, do you mind if I think <laughs> of you? And I was like, yeah, cool. You know, but he's like, okay, dear heavenly father. I was like, oh, it, right now, right it's now. happening right now. Okay, right now. cool. Yeah, and then yeah. he took like a solid like eight minutes, maybe more, Whoa. to just talk about all the blessings that he wanted me to have. And one of the things that he said, which I love this so much, like I'll take blessings from everywhere, like yes. Um, and one of the things that he said was that he hopes that I can overcome any, that I can truly live um, the shamelessness that I'm that I'm talking about, that I cannot use comedy and self-deprecation as a crutch. And I was like, shit, pastor, like that's a head, that's a hard thing to be like, most of the stuff that I do is comedic, but also most of the stuff that I do is heavy. So it was a really intense challenge to get from him, but it is, it also sort of goes line, like hand in hand with like a really strong Jewish belief, which is this idea that I mentioned earlier, which is lightness and darkness and darkness and light. This idea that there is always both and that you're not walking towards some final destination of happiness, you're walking towards wholeness. And wholeness is both of those things. And so that's another really big artist struggle that I faced with many things that I do. Yeah. Yeah, I love that you said that. Just so, you said that your tattoo has a buttload of symbolism. Oh, this yeah, episode a has a buttload of symbolism. Let's open it up. Let's open life. it up that buttload. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, I, yeah, just the whole, like existing on the spectrum and to exist on the spectrum is not to have a place on it. It's yeah. to exist within it fully. And it's like almost like a circle that keeps looping back on itself. So pe I feel like we live in this generation that is sick because we're chasing happiness. And yes. it's like, well, life isn't about happiness though. No. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I mean, in, in many ways, you I could I could say exactly what all these parallels are, but you just kind of like nailed it <laughs> on the head with everything you said. I mean, yeah, I, I keep having these moments since that, the conversation that we had and a little bit before that, I felt this like stirring or this movement of like, I don't want to say clarity, but I felt like my psyche and was was headed in a direction that was out of my control. And I was like, not it was influencing my behavior and it, I wasn't like, you know, I was like a writer, a writer on a ship or something. It was mm. not like I was a prisoner to this, to like a roller coaster. I was just like surfing a wave. Like I'm right. Like I feel like I'm riding a wave and I keep f wondering when it's going to stop, but there keep like these, these affirmations and like, just like I want to hear weird, what, weird what parts things. of the conversation like were like elevated for you and like what parts like stuck out not to put you on the spot. I know of the conversation yeah, that, that, we, that you and I had like what are the like what what stuck with you? Well, you remember when we were talking about the free trip to Israel? Sure. Yeah, that's yeah. just a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, it does. But it, it wasn't the trip that I was thinking of so much as what you were saying about. What it is to be Jewish is like mm. just to be curious, basically. Yes. I mean, that's boiled down, boiling down a lot of things. But be curious and don't be a dick. Be curious. Boil down Judaism. Ask questions and don't be rude about yes, it. Yes. Yeah. Ask questions and don't be a dick. Being rude, that's a little bit more accepted. But oh, don't be ask a dick. Ask questions and don't be a dick. Yeah. Well, dicks are rude. Dicks can be rude. Dicks can also be what? Yeah, but nice people can also be rude. Fair, but nice people can't be dicks. N I mean. 
I don't, I don't know. I guess the point is, is just like be nice to people and ask questions. To yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, got it. yeah, got it. And be you can kind. be rude, but just you be can nice be rude. And yeah, ask questions. Like, yeah. I've learned like in like the New yeah. York type of nice, where like he was just helpful. I feel like insulted, but like now I know the direction that I should be heading in. That sort of interaction with strangers, Jews are a little bit. Well, I mean, there's all different types of Jews, but I feel like if you could, for me, if you boil down Judaism. And all the teachings, and I've spent a uh, surprising amount of time studying Torah in the last few years, which I did not expect in my life. If you mm -hmm. asked me 10 years ago, if you were like, Sarah, will you have a holla company and have traveled the world going to all these Jewish learning festivals and reading Torah and discussing Torah and talking about Torah and ancient Jewish wisdom? I'd be like, ha, ha, no. Like, I just yeah. wouldn't <laughs> believe you. Um, and now it's like this thing that's, you know, sort of like nerdy and weird and very misunderstood, even mm. by its own people. Mm. Um, and part of the work that I do for this Jewish Women's Wellness Organization is to like translate some of these really ancient teachings into more modern practices, which right now there's so many people listening that like these little inner, you know, organized religion alarms are sort of going mm -hmm. off in their head. And like, I get that. I get that. And I... People are out there triggered. They're triggered. And I, I myself... Judaism for me is not like a set of rules to follow. It's like a mechanism for personal reflection. And the God part of it is kind of separate. Like the God part of it, like I started, like every artist, one of the many things that I started and have not yet finished was this journey that I went on uh, after I went to Israel. Where from when I was really little, I like believed in God as though he was like, you know, bearded man in the sky. Like yeah. best friend bearded man. And I remember like, like literally just sitting in a chair. Yeah. Like, really soft robe. <laughs> like a beard I could play with. Maybe slide some beads into it if I'm feeling silly. Like what you know, it was that. Like sort hairy of, forearms, like kind of big. Yeah, like yeah. cozy. Like all, like I sort of had this like unspoken promise when I was little. Like I always got you, you always got me. And just like this thing happened as I got older where I kind of forgot about that. And I was like, oh, but science, that's stupid and not real. And there's not a fucking man in the sky. Life is hard, man up. Like this sort of weird thing and then like one day I listened to a Jason Mraz song on the PCH while I was like stoned and I was like oh god I've given up on god uh which is like it's fine uh and it's a different journey but the point is I went to Israel in 2012 after my <laughs> emotional breakdown actually you're killing me <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and I stood at the western wall which do you know what the western wall is the wailing yes, wall yes it's like the last standing wall of like one of the, the original Jewish temple that was destroyed on the same day 500 years apart whole different Barely. Heavy vibes there, Heavy, if you heavy will. vibes. Like, and the, 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 the ritual, the tradition when you go is that you write a prayer on a piece of paper and you roll it up and you shove it in one of the cracks. And I got there and I was like, this is dumb. But then I was also like, all right, if there's ever a place in the whole wide world that maybe, if there is a God, that maybe would be like the email inbox <laughs> to the Lord. Like what, like it'd probably yeah. be this place. So yeah. like might maybe like take this seriously for a second. Great. And for a moment, I allowed myself to believe in God. And then afterwards, I was like, and then it sort of went away, and I wrote this note. And then afterwards, I went on this really big seeking mission of like, well, how do you always believe in God? Because like, that felt good, albeit a little psychotic, but like kind of good. And so I started asking all these different religious leaders, how do you always believe in God? I talked to nuns, I talked to rabbis, I talked to pastors, I talked to like very woo-woo friends. And I invited this uh, queer uh, Jewish rabbinical student over to my apartment to smoke weed and talk about God. And it was one of the best conversations I've ever had. And the first question I asked was, how do you always believe in God? And she looked at me and she just goes, 
I don't. Yeah. And my brain fucking exploded. And it's it's the acceptance of all the things. It's like the darkness, the light, the faith, the not faith, the ability to change your mind and be on a journey and ask questions and doubt stuff. Like the juicy imperfections of life, like that's the stuff that I want to dig into. Was that a tangent or was that, I'm not sure. Nope. But it came up and there it is. Nope. And like, I feel, if you will, like I'm, I'm being open to that as well. Like mm. that moment that you had where it's like, let, let me just take this serious for a moment. Yeah. I thought to myself, you know, if there is a God, like maybe like my, the wailing wall for me is just like, again, I'm, I'm obsessed with this concept of like breaking geographical like barriers. So mm -hmm. like maybe the wall is right here for me right now. And if I'm open to God, if I'm open to whatever voice is out there speaking to me, then maybe I'll hear it. And I feel God speaking to me. And it's weird to say that if you asked me three weeks, four weeks ago, if I would be saying that on this podcast, mm. it'd be like, absolutely not. I don't want to go there with this podcast, but like mm. it's informing every aspect of my life. And like, and the more I'm open to it, the more I feel crazy, but the more I take it seriously, the more it's like things become a little less serious. And it's like, whoa. Well, there's, I don't know. There's so much talk about like, you know, man being created in the image of God. And like, what does that really mean? And like, when I say God now, I don't think old man in the sky. No. I don't think, you know, monotheistic thing to worship. I don't think no. that. I think love and people and this invisible magic between all humans on the earth. That's what I, and whatever energy sustains that. But if we're thinking about this idea of being created in the image of the divine or being created with some kind of intention or even you lose all the God stuff and you just think about creation in general. Yes. As an artist, yes. that is what we do. We create things. And we find the beauty in Not the creation Not saying that artists are God. Us, Let me just backtrack that for anyone that's listening that's like, okay, guys, I'd say artists are down. closer to prophets, right? Which is just someone speaking truth to people to uh, someone else or like just yeah. highlighting things that may be out there for other people. It's all like, a mechanism that's what we do. for reflection and growth. Like yeah. there's not a... I think we're voices for that, you know, for other people. I was talking about people who may feel like they want growth, but they can't find how to do it. Yeah. I think f certain part of our job as artists is to provide that for people. Yeah, which is either like, here's how to do the thing, or like, fuck it, I don't know how to do the thing. I'm I don't know how to, and let me show like, you, let me just yeah. show you, like, fuck it, I don't know how to yeah, do the thing. Like, the, that's yeah, my like, bit. Right, right. I don't know how to do the fucking no. thing. We're like, juicy and perfect That's the, kind of like what we're living in right now, is like, yeah. all these people, specifically entertainers and people in this industry that, you know, like, they're just kind of, a lot of things are surfacing and they're kind of dropping like flies, if you will. Like, mm. oh, imperfections here. He's canceled. Wow, he did that. Right. Canceled. She said that. Canceled. Yeah. It's like, but what? They've been shaping our culture for a very long time. Like in the hip hop industry, in pretty much every industry, people love Trump until he was like became president. And then everyone was like. I love to like giggle at him and be like, look at that funny harmless Yeah, because guy. that was his bit. Yeah. But now his bit, like he wants to include in his bit being president and then people are like, nah. like <laughs> But it's the same shit, you know? It's mm -hmm. like he's still on that same spectrum. I don't know what I'm even talking about anymore, but what I'm saying is <laughs> the more I'm open, the more I'm just like, accept, like yeah. being 
open to the fact that maybe there is something out there trying to guide me or say something. It's yeah. like, that's fine. And I'm getting more and more okay with that, you know, and just being like, let me see if there's something out there that I should surrender myself to yeah. and, and be humble to. Or what are these, why have people been flocking to these teachings for like thousands of years? And why? like, what, what can I, what can I take from this? Why are they still here? Given there's a lot of bullshit, uh, in organized religion. I, Hebrew tattooed girl with a Jewish company. Like, like I will st- gladly, willingly, uh, say that. And in within Judaism, there's a lot of bullshit. There's with, a lot of like, bullshit within martial arts, but there's still schools out there that are teaching it legit. Right. It's there's like, still it's technique. Take the best, leave the rest. Yeah. Kind of Bruce thing, Lee mindset. Right? Yes. You, yeah. Yeah. So that's huge. And that goes with anything. But yeah. I think like my struggle is like as an artist, this, wanting to live that but like there's also like god there's so many of my comedian friends even like all this the stuff i was just saying about god even though it was like fairly non-committal to this idea of god i uh, would still just be sitting here like Bleh, like making like you know jerking off motions with their hands and be like sure sarah's all spiritual you know like and i and i can live in that world too yeah um i am and in i that can world. hold both those truths right like, yeah yeah but it's um I don't know. These are just like the common human struggles. Well, like that's art. when people get weird, though, is like when they don't have that awareness of how weird it is to like be- believe in God or something like that or be open to like, yeah, is God out there? Like, that's weird. And if you feel good from that, that's also weird. It's okay to be weird. But if you're acting like it's not weird, then that makes you weirder. Yeah. Where you're just like, that dude is like. I don't know. I mean, I still don't. I don't know what uh, I. You know, I don't believe in, you know, a man in the sky. I mean, first of all, probably no. a woman in the sky. Let's be real if there's anything. But I don't believe in anything in the sky um, or that sort of idea. But no. I believe in the, like, sort of at times creepy power of human love and connectivity. That I believe in. Yeah. I mean, I believe in – no, it's not even that I believe. I I know that I no longer believe in man in the sky, but I'm also no longer in a place where I'm completely closed off to that concept because mm. I am open to the possibility that there is something, one thing that you can trace it back to yeah. wherever we get this energy that yeah. may be God to our understanding. Like there's just like the more I do things and pour my time in, like into these obsessions that I have, especially when they're healthy obsessions, mm. the more I realize there's levels to every game. And I think even with faith, it, we're kind of speaking to the issue, like the, the topic of faith. Like mm. if faith is a thing, I think it is distributed in different amounts, just like everything else in this world, like physical ability or you know intellectual ability. So like your faith in large part is out of your control too. So we we see things on different levels. We experience things on different it's levels. A different, it's it's like, a different part of your intuition. It's like faith is yeah. heart based. It's not brain. It's not it's not reason based. Like there's yeah. yeah. Can I, I'm, I'm gonna get can I get Jewy for a moment? Do it. So we are currently in. So the Hebrew calendar is lunar. That's why every time you ask your friends like when is Hanukkah, they're like I don't fucking know. It's not because they're bad Jews. Because every year it changes, right? Go by the moon. It's an interesting imperfect system. Um, um, which means that there are also Hebrew months, right? And they go by the the cycles of the moon. So every new moon, every time there's no moon in the sky, that's the beginning of a new Hebrew month. So right now, uh, we are in the Hebrew month of Kislev, 
which if you translate the kis and the lev, it means heart pocket or pocket of the heart. And there's different themes for each month. And you dig into these themes based on stories that you read at the same time every year from the Torah. Like when you see all these like Hasidic Jews like wandering around with their kids, with their payas and their funny hats, they're going to synagogue to hear the reading of these stories that we tell at the same time every year. And Kislev, the theme of Kislev, as I said, like translated as like pocket of the heart. It's all about, um, it's like the month that like Hanukkah happens, right? But it's all about like miracles and faith. And it's this weird time where the Jewish people historically were like commanded to have faith, which is like kind of bullshit. Like how do you like command someone to have faith? But it's this thing that you're pushed towards. This like, okay, even if you don't know the answer in your heart, you do know like, what are the things you're longing for? Like, what are the things you really want in your heart? And what are, like, the limiting beliefs that you can break down? And what are the fears? And how can you make progress and step forward out of faith alone? And it's this month where you're commanded to, like, look for miracles and to lead We're with in your that heart. Now? We're in that month When right did now. that start? At the last full moon, or the last new moon. Which so, was? Don't um, be a bad Jew. No, oh my no, god, it, are you kidding? The fact that I'm even like this deep into like Jewish time is like a big achievement. The majority of Jewish, we you you don't get this these conversations in Hebrew school. You don't get these conversations unless you like sort of accidentally seek them out. Uh, okay. But I think we're we're, 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 we're about faith. halfway we're about halfway through the month of Kislev. This now, is I where I am. So we're about two weeks in. This is where I am. Well, welcome to Kislev. Maybe I'm Jewish. You might be. Maybe I go to Israel for free and I'm not lying about it. <laughs> it could be a great option. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Before I want, first of all, last of all, mm. well, also first of all, sure. I want to have you back. I would love to come back. Great. So that's done. And also, before we wrap it up, because I'm trying to like, not because the conversation couldn't go there, because mm. I feel like we could do a solid three and a half and mm. it'd be easy, but mm. I'm trying to, for the listeners and consistency, like yeah, 50 minutes go. sounds good. Up. Yeah. Because like it's, it could be one commute, it could be two, it could be, you yeah. know, I could split it up or do it in one sitting. No. So I'm You're more to, generous than I am. I say like half an hour for my shit. So. Yeah. So, yeah. but this is more like to unpack an artist is I like. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to come back. Yeah. This has been so lovely. Yeah. So We've 50 minutes. We've so many is, juicy tangents. Yeah. Right. And yeah. It's, we didn't, we just scratched the surface. We really did. Yeah. Thank it was you. So lovely, lovely to be here. So I'm just gonna ask you three things. Oh God, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's gonna be question of the day. Mm. I want to hear about your your bread endeavors. Oh sure. Because, yikes. I mean carbs. Yeah. Right, and then um, where people can find you if you want them to. I do want them to find. Okay. Me. So let's start with question of the day, which will segue into the bread, mm. which then people can. Look at pictures of that if they want to. Yes. Where they can find you. Oh. So we'll just kind of knock those three birds out with one stone. Okay. They, uh, so I have a little bread. Well, question of the day. Oh, oh I'm sorry. What's the question of the well, day? Well, question of the day would be yes. if you could bake this conversation into one, like, palette of, you know, the ingre- what would the ingredients be if you had to make oh. just a little loaf oh, or something? I would something. say, like, a little bit. Of, are we going, like, literal or metaphorical? Um, I feel like metaphorical. Li- maybe a little bit of both. Well, tell people of- what type of what you bake and like. Oh yeah, we can get stuff. into that like in depth next time you come. But yeah, just, we don't even what have do you to. do? It's, uh, I have this little sort of thing that started as a hobby that turned into this bread company called Hala Hub. That's C H A L L A H H U B. Everywhere on the internet, uh, 
And uh, we make uh, weird uh, challah bread. So everything from like mint chocolate chip to s'mores to matcha white chocolate chip to <laughs> everything mm-hmm. bagel challah that we put turmeric in. It's ridiculous. We do special home deliveries, but mostly we have this like what? massive, um, we made some cool videos with BuzzFeed that you can go look up. They got like 18 million views of like, just like me being weird. Did you make up that number? No, that's a real number. My yeah. mind broke. It's, it, we, it's the it's the highest viewed video with two adorable Jewish girls making carbohydrates in the universe. Holy cow! Yeah, holla no pun intended. No pun intended. Uh, and so we have an Instagram where we post bread porn, and I write all of the very weird and arguably appropriate captions uh, for those. AKA so you can find copy. Us there. AKA copy. Exactly. Trying to speak the lingo. <laughs> you got it. Um, so we do that, and so okay, was it the holla hub question? Yep. So then this conversation, if I could bake it into yeah. a challah, I would say there was um, uh, just sort of a little bit of artistry, um, some divinity, um, some self-reflection, maybe a little bit of garlic, maybe some s'mores. It's, it's a confusing mm. recipe. Um, definitely some some leavening in there. Get some yeast, a little bit of sugar for sweetness. Um, I had s'mores at my wedding. Did you have s'mores bread? We, no, we had s'mores, s'mores like kits, <gasps> and we had bonfires in the back of the reception area. Okay, next time I come, this is a big commitment because s'mores hala is a pain in the ass to make, but so delicious. Mm-mm. I'll bring a s'mores hala, or Mm-mm. I'll bake a s'mores hala for you here and just make your brain explode. It's just it's it's a fun random thing that I do that also like happens to have gotten press in like every major Jewish news publication in the world, and I travel and probably because it's good. It's delicious and weird, and we're we're quirky, and we're all about you know you'll if if you watch the BuzzFeed video, you'll see that like halfway through the video we like drop a bowl into a bowl of flour and like fuck up, and we're like keep growing, like the world is imperfect, like don't cut. So, Would like, you say Hala is God? No, but maybe. Just being open. It's not not God. It's you know its enjoyment is fleeting, and it's here one second, gone the next, and too much of it, you're weird. But just the right amount, it's what you need. It's even better when toasted. And even better when toasted. God's better when toasted. (laughs) It's kind of true, though. It's kind of true. Oh yeah. yeah. If you go to services after. Oh yeah, I mean everything really. Anything. Anything. You know what I'm the saying? The next episode. The next episode. Next, for next episode. For the next time. Or for right after this. Or for right after this. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, and then the <laughs> last <laughs> the last question of, and it uh, won't be this, by the way. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last question is, so now we know where to find your bread porn. Oh, yes. Yeah. But to find the me porn. Not yeah, real the, porn. Your real life. Real creative. Yeah, yeah. Creative porn. Not the, yep. Not that kind of artist. Like uh, just porn that's cre- for creative, creatives? For creative porn? For people that have souls? Soul porn? Just like people having sex on blank canvases and That's stuff? what my entire Instagram is. Um, <laughs> that's not true. It's mostly my cat uh, and things that I'm baking. Yeah, follow me on Instagram so that uh, publishers uh, buy I did my today. book. Yeah, uh, it's Sarah Clegg. Oh my God, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. It's Sarah Clegg, S-A-R-A-H-K-L-E-G. Uh, I put a lot of weird stuff in the stories, uh, but that handle, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And if you're like, Sarah, you said something crazy that made me angry or made me passionate, I want to hear about it. So please find me and talk to me. I love to talk to internet strangers. Do you have more tattoos? Not yet. Oh, okay. Well, we'll talk about that next episode. Okay. I'll have new ones by then. Maybe I will too. And... I've been getting them, and now that the door has opened, now that I'm just, you know, just opening that door, I'm like looking at, I want to look in all the rooms. All the rooms.
Yeah, I do. Like, I'm like not afraid of it, you know? I like that. Just like put, just like. Before we actually stop this, you said something earlier about like being afraid to like kind of just go there, like mixing the artist with your personal life. And like, that's part of my like journey and exploration and discovery of just breaking down those walls. Like these walls don't need to exist because my existence like is creating things. Like that is what I do and that's okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thanks. We'll come back until next time. Until next time. This podcast is produced by Rock Rising. Come follow us on Instagram, and if you want to hear more podcasts, visit rockrising.org. Thanks.